Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5, uh, part 3 of It's All About the CX. Join with me, Barry Rafferty and John Foley as always. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Connor Hogan, who's one of our marketing cloud consultants uh, for the media and gaming industry. So uh, look, again, thank you very much over, over the last week for your feedback from, from last week. Um, uh, some great responses to John Wade's content. I know a lot of people have reached out to him uh, looking for more information around the CMO report. Uh, I've had a couple of private messages myself uh, and shared over some links. So again, please feel free, ask the questions, drop a, myself or John directly uh, questions or queries. And look, we'll, we'll also post up uh, Connor's uh, LinkedIn profile as well. Uh, he doesn't know that yet, but <laughs> it's going up. It's going going up there uh, as, as well. Uh, and look. And one thing I'll mention as well from last week's podcast was the registrations for MCX have gone up. Yes. And that's also still open. Yeah, there's some, some limited spa spacing left. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it for a couple of, couple of minutes towards the end. But look, there's some, some great registrations uh, for the event. Uh, you know, there's some great content. Um, I know as well, we'll, we'll probably share a, a little video from last year's event just so it gives people a bit more context about what they can expect um, at it. Um, sure, look, we'll, further ado, we'll, we'll crack on. Excellent. Well, thanks very much, Connor, for joining us. Absolutely. Uh, I think just for the audience, can you give a bit of perspective, give us a bit of an idea of what you do in your role here? Sure. Um, so I work in, in the, the OD division of, of Oracle, but particularly uh, for looking at CX, and underneath that I work in the media, entertainment, uh, and gaming verticals. So quite interesting area to work in, quite diverse, um, and quite, um, let's say, um, you know, one of all three of them are, are kind of to the forefront of using technology and using, yeah. and it's always been quite innovative. Yeah. So for me, yeah, good, great, great, great to be part of that sort of uh, vertical, but more importantly, um, when you're working uh, with customers like that who actually are open, uh, and adaptable mm -hmm. and curious to see what's you know coming mm -hmm. up next and let's say the next you know five six eight nine years mm -hmm. we really uh, you know have great conversations and yeah you know hopefully I'll be able to give you guys an idea of you know some of the the cool things that are happening in, in both you know media and gaming today. Excellent. So we talked about the future of the next five six years and what yeah. the roadmap's like. But what could you give us an idea of the kind of the state of the union? Like kind of an overview of what's going on in the gaming industry at the moment. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, gaming gaming is is you know highly competitive market. Uh, I mean, UK alone there's two thousand eight hundred or so operating licenses. So that's a huge amount. You know, when you, when you consider you know the, the, the amount of you know so it's competition, the amount of players within the market. So one of the things that, that I think you know each uh, gaming or, or gambling uh, company has to be aware of. You know, what what is um, I suppose attracting the customer and, and more importantly than anything, rather than the, the traditional, uh, what we call an FTD, a first time depositor, mm -hmm. that was the kind of the, the golden goose. Now it's actually retaining and loyalty. Um, and, and that's a huge, that's obviously a huge challenge for a lot of these companies because you know a blackjack or a casino or a poker game, mm -hmm. in its essence is the same. It's what you do around that. Do you, gamif do you bring in gamification? Mm -hmm. Do you add on incentives? Do you uh, give them uh, other opportunities to play other games within the platform. Yeah. So yeah, re re really interesting time to be part of it. Um, I think number number two is certainly is the, let's say the trend to, to move off from your traditional bricks and mortar 
um, which you know has been around for let's say you know hundred odd years, into what you know some companies are fully online only gaming companies. And again, when you think of the potential of where online gaming is at the moment, in in say two thousand seventeen two thousand eighteen, worldwide revenues for for online gaming was about thirty to forty billion. That's only ten percent. It's yeah. three hundred billion a year yeah. market. So it's really only at its infancy. So I do think that look, you're really sort of you know we're, we're just at the tip of the iceberg, and you know for sure it's it's only going to go one way. Obviously, with more mobile adoption, obviously with more, um, I suppose more access to mm-hmm. users as people become more mobile enabled, people become more familiar mm-hmm. with gaming via their tablet, via their phone, via their desktop. Um, so yeah, look, I I think the industry is only going to go one way, and that's a uh, much more often traditional. Um, let's say forms of, of, of gambling within a bookies or you know at the yeah. racetrack, and now it's it's, it's going you know uh, online. Uh, yeah. And to that point, also the demographics are changing. Okay. Forty percent of all, all online gamblers uh, are females now, okay. and they're not just playing what you know traditionally they would have come in and maybe played your, your bingo sites yeah. and uh, something that m- might not have been seen as let's say so uh, maybe maybe as more you know female um, skewed. Products now they actually are moving into again into poker into casino yeah. into slots so yeah really really big growth opportunity and uh, great yeah, great great time to be uh, part of that industry. All right. So when it comes to the end user for the gaming companies like you mentioned, there forty percent are now female. Yeah. Are there any other trends that they're seeing from the end user rather than the gaming like gaming companies should be taking advantage of or focusing on? Um. Yeah. I mean, I I think one one of the most uh, important things is to, to separate out gaming. So. You'll have your traditional oh, yeah, betting. So, so betting is like if someone's putting a bet on a football game yeah. or on a rugby game. I'm sure during the World Cup, there's mm-hmm. been a lot of bets, uh, and, and you know that's kind of you know takes up about let's say forty to forty-five percent of all online revenues in, in, in gambling. Gaming, and um, by gaming, I mean poker, casino, yeah. blackjack, your slots uh, is about it's only about six or seven percent. So again, that's. That's again a huge area with, with potential for growth, and you know they're, they're obviously competing with you know literally bricks and mortar casinos. People going in to actually play those those games uh, in, in in real life, I guess for want of a better word. Uh, and one area that that is really growing, and we've certainly seen it here at Oracle. We, we've I've had uh, conversations with with, with uh, customers of ours. Lotteries is also a huge one. That still is only about three percent. I think we we. Forget that lottery is is a form of gambling, a yeah. form of gaming, and you know because your granny does, and yeah. you know everyone kind of does lottery. But that that essentially is the ultimate uh, potential or the ultimate area of growth within gaming. I feel certainly, mm-hmm. and definitely some of the conversations we're having with with customers of ours, they're they're really keen to uh, you know to make that experience as as easy and as enjoyable and obviously as rewarding for their customers. Yeah, for sure. Um, with that as well. When you're talking about the industry, and talked at the very, very beginning that like it's a fast-moving industry. Sure. Like when when we look at finance, for example, yeah, the pillars within the industry, within the banks, are kind of slow to move. Sure. Are you seeing the same type of trends within gaming, like the likes of Paddy Power, Betfair, or any of those companies that they? Um. No, I, 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 I don't think they'd, they'd be uh, as uh, let, let's say maybe as slow to, to move uh, as okay. you know as finance. No, I, I think they're quite innovative. And and look, number one. The majority of them uh, have have shareholders to answer to, yeah. Or they they have. It. There's been a lot of mergers in the last few mm-hmm. years. So if you look, you know, maybe eight or nine years ago, there would have been, um, you know, certainly, you know, five or six main dominant players. A lot of them have actually joined forces together. 
number of reasons behind that. Number one, just consolidation of actual customers. So mm -hmm. if, if, if one um, area, one company is particularly strong in Sportsbook, mm -hmm. let's say Paddy Power, and then another one is particularly strong within a casino or a, a poker uh, products, then again, mm -hmm. it makes sense for them to join together rather than compete. Um, number two, the quite recently, um, two states in America, New Jersey and Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. have now opened uh, their um, their states for, for online gaming. Mm -hmm. It's kind of predicted by sort of you know 2023, 24, about half of all states in the US will allow online gambling gaming, and that's a massive game changer. Of course, yeah, yeah. this is a country that you know 370 odd million people, um, with you know uh, I, I suppose the the attraction of of, of of playing something new and of they have the experience of certainly. Companies like Fan FanDuel, which was a fantasy sport, yeah. so that was incredibly successful. Mm -hmm. So we can only imagine when it actually opens that out to yeah. all forms of, of gaming. Again, not just a sports book, but yeah. also the casino, poker, etc. So yeah, look, it, it's it, it's it's one of these areas where I think the customer is going to be well serviced, but it's only going to be as, as well serviced as when the actual the companies themselves realize what is important and what is actually going to work for the client. Again, it's all about loyalty. Yeah. And then you mentioned as well, sorry, Barry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, so like, like, this is fantastic insight that, that you're giving us sure. um, in the industry. And uh, like one of the big statements you, you made in, in, your, in your first point was around the retention and loyalty. Yeah. You know, how are they adapting you know, modern customer experience practices to maintain and keep them loyal? Like, like what's the average life cycle of a sure of a punter? Yeah, I mean, customer? yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. Again, it, it depends on, on, on what product you have, but you know, certainly, you know, uh, anecdotally, it's known that if if you someone who's who's, who's going to gamble on golf or let's say tennis, they're going to be a more let's say um, I, I I'd imagine they'd be a more let's say prepared player. They will have done their research. They will be betting on. Let's say tournaments you've never, you know, never considered the ATP Tour in, in Sarajevo, for example, and they they will be people who who aren't here, you know, go put a five on the Grand National or bet on Liverpool on the weekend or yeah, just yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're sort of what we'd call a let's say you know a low volume um, punter. Whereas if you have someone who's going to bet on particular sports like that, that's where the where the market should focus on because you know that they'll obviously have a higher deposit and more importantly what they will actually. Play or what they will, will bet will actually will actually be a lot higher. And and in terms of that, obviously some some bookmakers will make themselves um will, will will have more data around those particular sports. Will have more information, more opportunities to actually bet on them alone. I mean, you know, in some cases, obviously there are companies that don't focus particularly on on those areas or yeah. let's say niche sports within gaming. And the average lifetime. Um, or let's say the, the average um, time that someone will, will, will gamble with a company, about four to five months. Uh, and, and really one of the, the areas you, you see is, you know, on, on anyone's phone, at any stage, they might have three or four different gambling apps on their phone. And whoever sends them, you know, a particular, let, let's say you, you, you get a, if you deposit £20, you will get another £20 in, in chips for one of their poker games. Or yeah. you might get, get, get an opportunity to, to play one of their casino games. And that's, that's incentivized because at the end of the day, the odds generally are in around the same. You're not going to find a huge disparity between yeah, what between company A does and what company B does. And it's what around that you can offer the customer to keep them engaged, keep them on site. And again, look, you know, for sure, um, 
you know, it's all about mobile at this stage. And whoever has, let's say, the, the, the easiest app, the most accessible app, the app that you can actually go on and ideally within a two to three step process, find your uh, actual product, find the game you want to, to engage in and then go ahead and do that within as little steps as possible. possible. They're going to be, you know, obviously quite successful. And, um, you know, I think that just sort of is common sense, really. Thanks. Sure. With, with that as well, um, just going back to something you mentioned at the very beginning, is that currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's 300 billion a year in the UK. Market. No, no, the, 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 oh. this is worldwide. So, worldwide, yeah, yeah, worldwide. So 300 billion. Uh, and, and look, that, that's, you know, the, the, these are figures that account for. I mean, we don't know how much is bet on the yeah. table in Macau every night, do we? Right, but, exactly. you know, that, yeah. might not be, that might not be, uh, you know, let's say listed. Yeah. Um, but look, these are, these are figures that, that well, let's say industry standard figures. Um, and I think one of the important things to link that to is 11% of all internet traffic is now gambling. Yeah, and that's massive. I mean, think about that. I mean, 11% yeah. of all display traffic on the internet is purely down to gaming and gambling. Uh, look, try and even quantify that, you know, it'll, it'll take you 10 years. Yeah. So again, this, this is something that they're a disruptor in, in, in that sense as well. They actually are knocking out people who could go on social media, who could go on to other platforms, who could go on to news sites, publishers. So, you know, gaming in itself isn't just the, the, the function of going and placing yeah. money on something. It's like entertainment. And people yeah. will go on and they will look at tutorials and how to play poker. Mm -hmm. There will people, I mean, I've done it myself. I've spent, you know, many of the night watching um, you know, poker stars tournaments, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and and you know, you have the camera under the under the transparent table, and you're yeah, seeing what yeah. the guys. That's that's the, that, that's how it's evolved, and yeah. that's how company poker stars in particular were, were quite successful. That's, that, that's really how they built their brand mm -hmm. around these, uh, let's say, um, entertainment, uh, you know, focused tournaments. And again, that that that's another part of the, of the gambling vertical or the gambling uh, area that. That we do have to consider yeah. it's not just purely transactional yeah. it's also um, an entertainment uh, business so okay. do you do you take for example right you you're, you're talking 300 billion globally yeah mm -hmm. in, in the annual revenue but if, if somebody is only spending you know four to five months at a, on a particular platform if you could turn that into six months or seven months sure can you imagine that Portion of the pie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. Increase yeah. in revenue to that company. It, it, it's massive, uh, and, and and again, you know, that that's why I kind of opened up saying it, it is, you know, quite, you know, it, it's in its infancy for sure. It's only ten percent of all revenues, and, and again, the, I, I think the big game changers certainly to come along in the next, you know, the, even now, but certainly, you know, coming down the line, we're going to have cryptocurrency mm -hmm. using gambling yeah. for sure. That, that that that's certainly also games that are built on blockchain, and again, that's something that. Look again, it's in its infancy. We've, we've used the word blockchain. We've even, you know, think about AI. You know, 20 years ago, we had a computer first play the world champion in chess. <clears throat> Surely now they're going to develop that into poker playing. Yeah. That's going to be a risk for these companies. Now, will they have to move out of that area as AI gets better? And yeah. so again, you know, they're, they're, it really is, you know, quite a. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say, you know, it, it's not a, you know. It's not a mature vertical by any means yeah. yet, um, and, and whoever you know is going to be successful, obviously, without a shadow of doubt, is going to be the person who, obviously, first of all, acquires those um, FTDs, the first-time yeah. depositors, but more importantly, to keep them on board and keep them engaged, keep them playing, keep them gaming. Um, and yet, look, it's um, you know it's something certainly here in Oracle that you know we discuss you know uh, on a daily basis with our customers. 
how exactly do they you know improve their retention how do they actually get their average order value let's say the average deposit value to that level that they will make ensure our customers are successful successful yeah yeah i was lucky enough i attended a, an event back in june which was actually which which connor had organized in in the, in the h club and that particular night, I suppose one of the particular focus was was around our Blue Kai DMP sure. platform, and a lot of the conversations that, that that we were having with customers that night uh, was very much around how do they find, you know, these particular people that they're Correct. that they're looking for, and it's some of the, I suppose some of the conversations off the back of that. I know you're still still mm -hmm. involved with sure you know, with a couple of customers around. It. But can you just kind of maybe give us some insight into into why they would look at a at a blue Kai or a data management platform? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things you know, anytime we speak to a customer, they, there's not really a lack of data problem. It's how they how they actually segment their data, and I think that, that that's quite an important difference. So you you you'll never really come across the issue that we, we don't have data. We have it. We just don't know how to extract it. We don't know how to manipulate it. We don't know how to actually use that particular, let's say, data set within our, our overall data to, to bring someone <clears throat> someone in, into market to target them, to attract them, whether that be in media, whether that be in entertainment, whether that be in gaming. And something like a, a DMP is quite crucial to that because, again, that gives the customer the opportunity to focus on particular areas. So, you know, like I was saying earlier on, 40% of, of, of um, online gamers in the UK are now females. <clears throat> now traditionally they would have, you know, like I said, I you know mostly gone onto the bingo sites or mostly maybe gone onto slot slot sites. Now we're looking at an opportunity to be able to target them based on user behavior. So we'll have a data set of let's say you know one thousand people who've previously gone on onto the, the, the customer's site. They've deposited their money. They've played. They've engaged. But what what led them to that point? And we yeah. were able to see that through a DMP. Where did they visit before that? What were their what influenced them to get them to that point? What are their habits? Is there a particular time of day? Do they spend more if they use iOS compared to Android? Are they um, on the weekends more likely to to, to, to engage rather than the weeknights? And you look, they're, they're very you know small data points, but you know with Blue Car you obviously have it can be infinite essentially. Yeah, but I, like those little nuggets of information that then they can take kind of back in, in sure. use. And um, I suppose if you're driving. Um, we'll say the, the traffic towards your site. Yeah. Now, how can you kind of maximize that potential when they do click through onto the website? Yeah, that's a, that, well, that, that's the, that's the, the essence of it. That, that that's finding out. So, I, what what, what you, ideally you need is a, a, a certain cohort of people that have already gone and and looked and acted and behaved in the in the same way you want your ideal customer. I mean, it's sort of look like modeling, I guess, for want of a better word, yeah, yeah. and or mirroring, uh, and 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 you you will be able to use that that data to guide you when when you do want to. For example, someone might you know have have a, have a campaign where they're spending significant amounts of money in buying media, buying media online. Okay, for sure, you know, sixty percent of it will go on Google, and there are twenty percent will go on Facebook. Fine, and everyone accepts that. There's still another thirty percent or so. That is left out there in the ether, and that's on display. So, do I go to the Daily Mail sports site, or do I go to the Guardian finance section? Where do I put my ad so it's seen in front of the right person at the right, right time? time? And more importantly, with a call to action. This is not branding. Essentially, you want a direct response. You want someone to engage with you there and then. 
And that's the crucial thing around, you know, using a DMP and using the, the power of the DMP to ensure that you're not wasting. I mean, wastage is, you know, besides ad fraud, wastage is, is one of the biggest problems within the, let's say, the, the, the media entertainment business because you are sending a, a lot of ads out to people that might not necessarily even want to see it. Well, okay, that's really inefficient use of your media budget. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's very relevant, especially with your previous background sure. in print advertisement yeah. as well. So, so it's it, it just one of these, these areas that, you know, we're, we're having great conversations with people. And like I said, they, they, they all have data. It's just a matter of let's, let's getting that, focusing it and, and segmenting it out and then ensuring that you're hitting the right person at the right time, and you know, it maximizes a great example of that. You know, we have here an article, and we can A/B test a landing page. And for example, if I put the, we've done this with some of our customers. We put the the the, the betting slip on a top right-hand corner when it's uh, for football, it seems to have a better result. But when we have it for horse racing on the bottom right hand, it seems to have a better result. Yeah, so why yeah. is this? We don't, you know, and this is how you A/B test. This is how you how you actually manipulate your own landing page depending on who visits it. So we actually have the ability to to dynamically change the landing page based on who is coming to that site. So we know that's the best experience they will have as they navigate throughout your actually landing page to the point of conversion, which is obviously the reason you know that people want to work with well, us. And I, I, I love I love how simple Maximizer is. For sure. To, yeah. to actually use and to implement, you know, to it's it's a very simple line of code. It goes into the website. Yeah, oh, it's easy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a piece of JavaScript. It's dropped in the browser. And, you know, in terms of, you know, implementation and setup, it's, um, I mean, even I can demo it, put it that way, and I'm the less technical person in the world. But I've actually had... had, had you heard pleasure. that? <laughs> Connor Hogan will demo maximum. I will, and, and, and have, have, have had good experience doing it so far. So, yeah, look, the, that's, the, that, that's the beauty of it. Um, and, and I suppose the, one of the most important things for anyone is, Look, we need to see an ROI, you know, yeah. you, you yeah. can't wait 12, 14, 16 months. And this is something, and, and it, it's similar to, to what a DMP can prove. You will see a return, you know, within the first three to six months. And again, depending on the volumes of, yeah. of, of the campaign you're running, of course, but there's a tangible difference. And, um, you know, any, any CMO or any, any uh, let's say, marketing executive, anyone who's in control of a budget, and it, it is particularly, you know, um, keen to see what actually will benefit will happen in what if I spend X will I get you know two two or three times that in return whatever the metric is well particularly with those two products it's really really trans transparent and on, on how quickly you will get it back uh, and, and I suppose the, the most important thing is obviously both being Oracle products they, they completely work and they're solely wholly integrated with each other so they completely complement each other along with obviously some of our other tools such as eloquent responses when you have your email marketing um, arm of your campaign as well. And uh, I suppose one of the good things about the products as well, they're open REST APIs. Yeah. You can plug them into other CRMs of course. If, if you're using them too. So again, we, ju we just put, I, th I think that's a really powerful statement, what you said about being able to prove the ROI, the return on investment. Absolutely. Like there, there's IT teams, there's marketing teams, there's financial teams. If, if a budget is allocated to a project, and I think if I think it's been been able to use our tool sets and actually prove the return of investment, I think that that's a really powerful statement. And I, do you know if I had a bell here, I'd ping it because yeah. <laughs> um, you were talking a lot about about data, and mm -hmm. I think I think that's 
there's so much data out there. Companies are generating data on a phenomenal amount, amount of speed at the moment. But then actually being able to do something properly with it, sure. to segment it, to dedupe it, to, to actually kind of, I suppose, get it to a point where you're going to get value, yeah. again, a, a return of investment. I, uh, and I, I, I think, I, th I think you know the conversations you're having. These companies are are going to see a return of investment. Absolutely. Yeah. Look, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, there, there's you know there's been sort of uh, the the life of, of a CMO is three years. You know, we're we're not talking a long time for these <laughs> yeah. for, for, for for someone to make an impact. So they have to be very sure where they're putting their budget into. And you know, yeah. you know that, that that that's something that you know obviously we all understand that when we're speaking to to our you know customers or potential customers, and that's. That's something that's it's, it's critical that they that they get that right, and w once you're able to 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 go through, uh, you know, a, a three, six, nine month, twelve month plan with them, give them a, a correct roadmap, give them what they should expect to see return. I think that really is important to someone, and, and it makes their let's say makes their judgment and makes their choice um, a, a lot easier. You know, we hope, yeah. of course, it, it's going to be Oracle, but but that's that's something that you know, particularly when I'm when I'm speaking to. To, to potential customers of ours, that, that, that's, you know, something that, yeah, it, it has to come in the first or second conversation, and it's that important, you know? Yeah, and yeah, it needs, and I, I know, I resonate with what Matt was saying, that you, you've got to be very upfront about, you know, what our asks are around, as, as consultants, and, you know, look, we're, we want to have conversations where, with, with, with customers who are, who are looking to innovate, who are looking to, I suppose capture new new markets. They're yeah. looking to work smarter, and mm -hmm. um, like some of the some of the areas as well that we touched on a little bit around AI and mm -hmm. blockchain. Like the, these are coming in thick and fast, very very fast. And uh, I know in in other industries that they are kind of hap happening very very quickly. Like look in the finance finance world, it is a very he heavily regulated absolutely yeah um, environment. Gaming world as well. I know that you know different ge geographies have different regulations that they have to adhere yeah. to as well. So exactly, um, you know, there, there's a lot in, in terms of communications that has to be monitored. Sure. Uh, look, and I think we we've kind of discussed some of the tools in mm -hmm. in, in the likes of our retail conversations with Fergal uh, when we were we were talking about responses. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I I do know for a fact that one of our our biggest gaming com company or users uh, is is a massive user of a, of our responses tool. Sure. They use it for communication through in-app messaging. They mm -hmm. use it to push through for text. Um, you know, it's it's a really good way of actually giving people information on the fly. Yeah. And especially with live football matches, basketball matches, it, do, it doesn't matter what the live sport is, but being able to push through information to try. Get them to spend more money in eating. Absolutely, yeah. Is, uh, sorry, I took over there. No, one thing you mentioned there, Barry, was new markets, and yeah. you mentioned as well, Colin, yeah. about the two states that are now open in the US. Sure. So if I'm a UK market, one of the things I'll be thinking of: how do I take an opportunity like that? Because I have my own data. Am I looking at lookalike audiences now, or is it completely different? Am I focused on maximizing that to actually see if there's 
different changes within the interactions customers are taking? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, yeah it's, it, it's a good question. I mean, it, it, it's obviously that, that market's in its infancy, so, mm -hmm. so the, the, the styles or the habits of gambling are completely mm -hmm. different. I mean, you know, we've had you know traditional gambling in, in the UK and Ireland for, for over 100 years, and that would have started with you know bookies at, at race meets and the football pools, yeah. for example, which you know, Peaky Blinders, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's but that, that that's why our market is is incredibly mature. When you look at the US, for example, I mean I, I alluded to earlier on, um, esports and um, and fantasy games were huge, and, and you know that's kind of you know the genesis of this push to actually get these states to, to each legalize uh, online gaming, online gambling. But you'll have different sports over there. You'll have college sports. That's a huge area that, that you know we, we, we've never you know we really got involved in. You, you also have. Um, many different markets over there. So you have a huge Latino community over there. You also have a huge, what, what I would consider, uh, a market that are looking specifically, a game like baseball has 188 games a season. Yeah. And think, and in each game, there can be, you know, 45 different actions between each pitcher yeah. and, and batter on the mound. So again, the in-game betting opportunities are actually vast yeah. within U.S. sports. And again, look, it, it, look, it, it's still early days, and like I said, there's only two states. It's mm -hmm. Pennsylvania and New Jersey. But for sure, in the next two to five years, now again, America being a federal country, yeah. it has to be done on a state-by-state -state yeah. basis. It, it's not a catch-all. Yeah. But look, I mean, you know, one thing's for sure, if the U.S. government can tax it, yeah. they'll enable it. Yeah. That's, you know, we've seen that with many other, <laughs> you know, recent products, let's say. Yeah. And you know, to go into the market, so yeah, it's it's gonna grow. If you another thing to take into consideration into consideration is globalization of some of these American sports. So you've mm -hmm. got American football playing in Spurs's or Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium sure. a couple of times a year, and they've they've signed a contract for a number of years. I think the O two. Mm -hmm. um, also hosts a number of basketball games yeah, yeah, a, big time, each yeah. each year as well. So, like, there's a lot of globalization of, of American sports. So, it, yeah, there is massive potential there. There, there. there is massive, and and you know, I, I think what one of the other experiences that you know that that Americans want to you know want to enjoy is as much as they want to see see, see their U.S. sports. I think football is going to be huge, or you know, yeah. they'll call it soccer, of course. But but that's something that again. Yeah. You know, as as the game grows, as the popularity of it, so instead of just them knowing about you know the World Cup once every four years, mm -hmm. you have Champions League now. You know, you, you yeah. have you know Liverpool and, and Man United and Chelsea broadcasting you know across the which, states. You know, which which is already happening. Yeah, 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 it is already happening. And um, you know, and and from from that, the, the the U.S. market, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, if we just look at you know net income or you know GDP per person. Look, they are going to be quite, you know, you know, they're going to be quite strong, yeah. uh, you know, as, in, in terms of, you know, what what they're actually willing to play with, what what they're actually going to engage with, with these companies that that, that have got into the U.S. market. So, yeah, look, you know, what while, while I said overall it's it's new, or sorry, it's in its infancy, let's say, um, it's still, you know, really really massive area to, for growth. And look, pretty much all the big players from Europe and the U.K. have gone in there already. But you know, like I said at the start. There's 28 gambling license, 2,800 site gambling licenses in the UK alone. You look in America, there, there could be 20,000. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, yeah, so it, it's massive. You know, and um, obviously, you know, you know, a, a company, you know, we're fortunate to be in a company like Oracle that does obviously have, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're we're an American company. Let, let's you know, first and foremost, so we certainly would be, you know, at the forefront of that. I'm sure 
with our with our colleagues in the U.S. working with with uh, American government companies. Yeah, like look, uh, we 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 have uh, also as well some some major announcements from Oracle Open World where our CTO uh, Larry Ellison made made some some massive statements in terms of Oracle's globalization and he's committed you know to putting more and more uh, data centers online providing all our different services so that so that's everything from infrastructure as a service uh, platform as a service right the way through to our SaaS applications which you know is the area that, that we all work in mm -hmm. um, and I, I think for us kind of given the global reach my, myself and Connor actually had, had another conversation slightly off topic but it just we, as we're on the subject of kind of globalization like if, if you watch the Premier League, I do. You know, Connor does. Yeah. Um, I do. Uh, <laughs> he's a rugby guy. <laughs> but um, like, if you look at uh, the the jerseys and what's on the jerseys, like we were just, you know, we were just. Yeah, you, I mean, look, it, it's. I think you know, what is it? Fifteen of the uh, championship and, and Premier League companies sponsored by Chinese gambling companies yeah. who have no intention of, of operating in the UK. <laughs> all the hoardings around, their, their digital dynamic hoardings, they're all uh, obviously in, in, in Chinese. And that's because it's been broadcast to 600 odd million people back in, in, in China. China. So again, that, that, that shows, you know, the, like the globalization, the, 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 the strength of, of, of premiership football alone. But actually, it's more than that. It, it, it's gaming, gambling. Sports betting is, is the is the route in for many of these people. Yeah. They want to get them onto the poker, they want to get them onto the casino, they want to get them onto the blackjack games. Um, but yeah, it is, no, it is incredible. I mean, who would have thought it, you know, that you know, we, we do now have, you know, fully-fledged, uh, you know, Chinese, Asian gaming, gambling companies that are only looking for Asian um, um, yeah, players, customers, but they're yeah. using, you know, the, 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 the premiership as, as that platform, as that advertising tool mm -hmm. to, to, to get them in there. And look, it's, it, it, it's innovative. and. It obviously works. Wouldn't be doing it if it didn't. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So um, I'll just finish up with one last question. Sure. Oh, but one thing you mentioned as well at the very beginning was the partnerships. And I was yeah. thinking, sure, if, if people are only with an account for three, four months, yeah, then if there's a partnership happening, there's information on one person there. So deduping must be massive. Of course, yeah, exactly. I mean, you can you can imagine, you know, when, when you have two big players, player A, player B, joined together, there obviously will be crossover. Yeah. And look, you know, you know, you know, traditionally, um, you know, I think that would have been an absolute nightmare. You have multiple email addresses, multiple yeah. contacts, multiple phone numbers. Uh, we're obviously in, in the in the era of post GDPR as well. Yeah. Let's not forget. Um, so yeah, look, you know, that 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 is an absolute crucial. Um, point of, uh, I suppose it's probably one of the first actual actions that they, they will have to take is ensuring, you know, how clean that there's no duplicates, that they aren't, you know, engaging with the wrong contacts. Mm -hmm. uh, again, you know, something that certainly, you know, we hear an article and, you know, are, are quite experienced with and, you know, something that, that we've done on many occasions in the past. And then finally for 2020, you mentioned blockchain, which I was very interested to hear. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, blockchain is, 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 you know, like every year there's a buzzword and, you know, like the last few years it was Bitcoin, now, you know, it was it was AI and now it's blockchain. So, look, it, it, it's it, it's definitely something that, that, that comes up a lot in conversations and it's definitely one of these things. But, you know, we haven't even seen what, what the potential of Bitcoin yet. Right. So, I, I, you know, while, while I would say that that's something, you know, games will be built on blockchain and that's more for security purposes. That's more for encryption purposes. That's more 
about the transactional area of it, when you're actually giving a credit card, yeah. when you're giving a debit card, the blockchain will, will obviously provide that extra layer of security. And um, look, again, the original point stands, only 10% of all revenue uh, in, in, in gambling uh, is online. Um, so for sure, that, that will obviously grow and with that, more innovation will come. And uh, you know, again, as I mentioned previously, um, the, the gaming gambling companies, you know, I've certainly found in my experience are, are definitely quite innovative and definitely quite open to trying and testing new, new ways really of, of growing their brands and obviously acquiring and keeping customers. Cool, thanks very much. Connor. Cool. Yeah, I don't, like, look, um, delighted you, you actually sat down and had a, had a chat with us today. Took uh, a while. Look, sometimes it's not easy just with crossover of, of uh, calendars and, and travel uh, between us between us all. So look, thanks very much. Absolutely. I, look, um, all my conversations with you, I always find they're always very insightful and I always learn, learn something new just just having a chat. Look, if you want to maximize your demo, definitely talk to yeah. Connor. <laughs> definitely talk to Connor. Um, it, it, it's one of the simplest tools we have, but it, it's so powerful and it uh, gives a really quick ROI. Um, but look, if you have any questions, you know, in terms of anything that we've discussed today, um, look, fire the questions over at us. Um, and I, I suppose... Are you any anything else there? Jeremy? All I mention is again MCX. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still yep. open. If you <laughs> want to register, we'll throw the link up there. Um, and as well as that, like I mention every time, it's about the breakout sessions. When mm -hmm. you're talking to your peers, when you've got like a, a product uh, specialist there at the table as well, you can talk about your own experiences. Because each company, like you mentioned there, it's not about the initial deposit. Yeah, it's about getting a lifetime value for sure. Whereas in another industry will have a different area, so therefore it's it's more about getting. Um, so if I'm selling a coffee machine, it's about selling the capsules afterwards. So mm -hmm. figuring out exactly what your challenges are and how the software can help. Yeah, no, de definitely. Look, uh, we know John likes a, a good breakout session. I love a breakout <laughs> session. Um, well, look, guys, thanks very much for for listening, and uh, look, we'll be back next week uh, we've got something different again coming over over the next couple of weeks um, a couple of a couple of surprise uh, interviews that we're, we're going to be doing um, so thanks very much have a productive week